Grace, peace and mercy are ours through the triune God. The sermon today is from the LCA worship website for lay readers, and I've adapted it slightly for our context. Let's pray. Gracious God, speak to us now through your word so that we may grow in faith in you and in love towards one another. Amen. Now, kids, I just want you to listen to the first part of this sermon, if nothing else. Every Sunday when we come to worship, we pray a number of prayers. So some of these change each week to suit the readings or the theme of the service. And others, such as the prayer of the church, which Shirley will be praying for us later, that responds to the needs of the world, the church, and our community here at St. Paul's. But in all of our services, there is one prayer that remains the same and is used every Sunday. Now, do any of the kids know what that is? Be brave. Yay, there you go, well done. <laughs> the Lord's Prayer. Christians around the world love to pray the Lord's Prayer, both personally and with other Christians. Can you imagine how many times the Lord's Prayer is being shared around the world on this day alone? It's being prayed probably millions of times. Now in the Lord's Prayer, amongst other petitions, we have the petition that says, your kingdom come. We say this a lot of the time, so often, but what exactly do we mean by your kingdom come? What we mean is it's God's kingdom that we want to see come. Luther says in his explanation of the Lord's Prayer, God comes to rule as king, even if we do not ask for this to happen. But in this prayer, we are asking, Father, come and rule over us. Luther then goes on to pose a question. How does God's kingdom come? He answers his own question by saying, God our Father comes to rule over us by giving us the Holy Spirit, so that by God's goodness to us, we believe his holy word and live as his people on earth now and in heaven forever. Now in today's gospel reading we heard just before, Jesus helps us grow in our understanding of God's kingdom as God's eternal reign of love. In Matthew's gospel, God's rule is called the kingdom of heaven. And each of today's parables give us another glimpse of what his kingdom is like. What we discover in these parables is that God's kingship changes everything about our world, our values, and our priorities. These parables may look simple on the surface, but when they're understood in their original context, they are full of surprises. In order to fully understand today's parables, we need to recognise just how controversial they were when Jesus first shared them. And it's only then that they'll bring new vision to our world, our values and our priorities. So let's start with the parable of the mustard seed from verses 31 to 32. So at first glance, this is a charming little story about how God might make use of things beyond our common expectation. So the mustard seed, a tiny little seed, 
becomes a home for birds to nest in. And we can quickly conclude that God can use even the smallest of faith to grow something great, even abundant, abundant enough to bless others. So the mustard seed parable could be easily reduced to the saying, from little things, big things grow. But actually, there's much more in this parable. You see, the mustard plant is closer to being a weed than it is to being a precious, valued plant. This might remind you of Dave's children's message last week where we had to, he held up the plants and we had to decide what was a weed and what was a plant. Or perhaps when you think of mustard, you think of those yellow squeeze bottles that we might add mustard sauce to hot dogs or to hamburgers. It might make the mustard plant sound just a little bit more palatable. But in reality, the mustard plant grows like a weed, more like sour sobs or thistles or dandelions. And once one mustard seed gets going in your field, well, you'd better watch out, because it will take over. Maybe the strangest part of this parable is that the mustard seed will never grow into a big, strong tree like a cedar tree. Yet, Jesus chooses to use it as a picture of God's kingdom. The mustard seed has a natural ability to reproduce and spread far and wide. It's very hardy. Now, if we look back over the history of the world over the past 2,000 years, we can see how the kingdom of God through Christianity has spread like a mustard seed weed around the world. It has transformed the world, bringing God's love to life for many. And it continues to do so now in a humble, earthy way. So let's move on to the next parable. The parable of the yeast in verse 33. Again, this parable would have immediately grabbed the attention of those who first heard it. Why? Because of the yeast. So elsewhere in scripture, yeast is used to represent the world and is almost always used as a negative symbol of corruption. But here, yeast is presented as something good. And the amount of bread being made by the woman would have also surprised the hearer. Because usually people would make just enough for themselves. But here the woman is making enough bread to feed more than 100 people at once. And so we could simply conclude that this parable shows how a little can make a lot. But if we go deeper, it also indicates that God's rule may take hold in hidden and unexpected ways and bring about change in ways that are beyond our imagination. And then our text jumps over a few verses and goes to verses 44 to 46, where we hear two more parables. We hear the one about the treasure found in the field and one about the precious pearl, which Amanda told us about in the children's address. In these parables, we could focus on how the laborer cunningly went and sold all he had just to buy the field where the treasure was hidden. But maybe more importantly, we can focus on how the treasure in the field changed his life. 
God's rule in our life transforms our life for the better. But there's also another way we could read these two parables. In the parable about the pearl and the treasure, we usually focus on how the person sold everything in order to obtain the one prized thing. But what is this treasure? And who is this person who gives up all so that the treasure can be his? What if we were to understand God as the person making the discovery and that we are the treasure that he wants to have as his own? Think of who Jesus is. We confess Jesus to be God's one and only son. God gave up his one and only son to suffer and die as the payment for sin so that we could be his prized treasure forever. And this could be how we understand our baptism as well. In our baptism, God has come and found us and valued us so highly that he paid the price so that we could be his forever. You are God's great treasure. And by the grace of God alone, all who are baptized live with the promise that they belong to God forever. We are part of God's eternal family. It's pretty exciting. What a joy that God now says to us, you are my treasure. And what a joy it will be when we welcome little James as part of God's family, another treasure in a few weeks. And together as we encourage one another, we can help each other grow to know that we are loved by God and that we are part of God's family. For Jesus has paid the price to claim us as his. In our fellowship together, we can lead one another to know that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love, as we heard in Romans 8 today. We can give thanks for the ministries of the church here on earth that help to nurture our identity as people who are precious to God and who belong to God's kingdom. Our regional and church-wide child, youth and family ministry teams do so much to help our young people grow in their identity, their identity as children who are loved and treasured by God. The many Christian Life Week camps that are held in many places throughout Australia every year bring this blessing to many people. And I know there are young people in our congregation here who are blessed by that this year. At these camps, our youth are encouraged and mentored by Christian young adults to see themselves as loved by God. Maybe you were mentored as a young person and this encouraged you in your relationship with God. Maybe as a not so young person, you are nurtured by being part of a small group or by being cared for by members of this community. God's kingdom continues to spread in our loving actions towards each other and the ways in which we shine God's light to those we meet. God's kingdom has come to us in the mystery of baptism and his word. God brings us community, 
and connection, life and light. And he continues to transform our world in unexpected ways. So be on the lookout for those unexpected ways. And may the spirit that God gives you lead you to believe his word and live as his people on earth now and in heaven forever. Amen.